Hello and welcome to the Sensibility Podcast. I am Amy Baker and I'm super excited today to be sharing our new guest. This is Rebecca Wiener-McGregor and um, she's a hypnotist and also a money mindset coach and I'm really excited to have her on because this is right down my alley when it comes to the money mindset coaching stuff and we have, we've already been off, off air talking so I was like, hang on, well, let's just pretty quickly hit record because there's so many amazing things that we can be talking about when it comes to, I guess, our relationship with money and our, guess what our subconscious is doing to stop us and the amazing things that we can do to actually unblock and unlock all of that stuff so we can have a better relationship with money but also be more empowered. Something, um, you know, we were not even talking about money but just being women off, off, um, offline just then. So thank you. Welcome uh, to the show, Rebecca. Thank you for having me, Amy. I'm glad to be here with you. Already having fun. Yes, good. good. <laughs> so one of the things that um, I'm going to just quickly state, disclaimer, we will be dropping the F-bomb from time to time, so don't be offended. It's not in a sort of, it's a crass way. It's more just, I guess, emphasize some stuff, and it's a fun way of uh, sharing this content today. But one of the uh, amazing uh pieces of content that I wanted to share that Rebecca is going to talk about is um, fear. And she says, fear is a motherfucker, but not the enemy. And I am curious because I always see fear as a bit of an enemy when it comes to money mindset stuff. Um, so I want you to sort of elaborate on that, please, that, that comment, Rebecca. Absolutely. So fear is a beast. It's a pain in the butt. It stops us. It holds us back. But at the same time, it is also giving us constant clues about where we have growth points. So fear at its roots really is about keeping us alive and keeping us safe and happy and healthy, right? Our our brain doesn't really care about our happiness. It's our spirit that wants happiness. But when fear steps into its role of wanting to protect us, wanting to keep our perceived self safe, then it feels like it's it's not on our side because we want to grow and it wants us to stay the same because that's what's safe. And we'll keep trying over and over back and forth to push past it and fight against it and judge it and be mad at it and be at odds with it and be its enemy, right? That does, does not as simple as it just being a bad part of us. It's not a bad part of us. It's trying to do good things. It's trying to keep us safe. But when we can shift and look at it as um, a friend, a coworker, giving us clues as to, hey, you must have a limiting belief here or you wouldn't have this fear. So when we look at it as clues, then we can say, okay, I have a fear here. That means I have a limit that I've created for myself here. Let me get to work on that so I can move forward and reach my goal. Amazing. Because I often talk, we go through as coaches our childhood and stuff and try and find clues in that. And I often say, well, that's, our subconscious is designed to keep us safe and survive, yeah. right? The survival instinct's there. Yes. But when you actually, this is another angle, another way of looking at fear is really, um, I use the word ego sometimes, yeah. or we can use our inner child as another word of it, you know, as another example. It's all the same thing, yeah. really. It's a subconscious keeping us in a space of safety because we've survived our childhood. Yep. And we also inherit a lot of this stuff too, oh, don't yes. we? 
for millennia. It's in our DNA. We don't even have to think about it because some things have been passed on so easily that, you know, a lot of, because I also work with people with anxiety, it's often I will hear people say, well, my mom had anxiety, my grandma had anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. So of course I inherited it, but we're teaching our family. We're teaching our children. We're being taught lessons by our parents from the moment that we are aware and it's not even a conscious lesson, right? It's not a conscious that we're taking it on as a lesson. It's simply observing what our parents, what our grandparents, what our aunties and uncles and our friends are doing and thinking, oh, if that's the way it's done, that must be the way I do it. Because I love and trust them. Whatever they do, that must be the way to do it. So then we start doing that ourselves. And it can be an emotional response. It can be a behavioral response. It can be the way that we breathe or the way that we sigh when we get news or something like that. All of these tiny little things that we just take on without even thinking about it. And then they become things that we pass on. And you know, when friends get together, they start to sound like each other even, right? Because we're paying attention. We're loving each other so much that we're like becoming each other a little bit. You can hear you say yourself using the same words and phrases your friend does. You can hear your laugh even becoming kind of like your friends. So simple how we pick these things up. Absolutely. I've got a two-year-old. I have older children as well, but I'm being reminded by my two-year-old how much they just take in on their environment, everything they hear. So we've got to be super careful with our language. And I'm trying to, now that I've learned all the things that I've learned as a coach, trying to talk to her subconscious (laughs) and trying... Trying to not mess her up like I potentially have messed my older boys up. But it is actually something that we, we have to look at and go, well, what what have I taken on? And how I, I want to bring this back to the whole idea of the money mindset coaching too. So when we've got these fears, we've got this anxiety, we've got to – so you're sort of saying the fear is going to give us clues yes. to what the, the limiting belief is. So we've got to be mindful of how this actually has – affected our relationship with money or the patterns we have with money why we're not bringing enough in or why we're settling for the job that maybe not is getting us where we want financially or settling into the relationship that sort of sucks us from our energy why do we keep doing this stuff those beautiful cute clues are there right and so it's really a matter of looking for those clues so what are the things that you suggest your clients to be looking for and then what do you as this is a double you know edge sword here in terms of a question first what do we what do we need to be looking for specifically um, especially around money and what do we need to do to fix it so I mean that's a big question and there's a can of worms I'm sure about to be opened here Um, but just give us a few ideas if you don't mind yeah absolutely So the first thing that I recommend is really deciding what it is that you want, figuring out what it is that you want, not what you think you can get, but what you really, really want, what your spirit is calling you to do, what that little thing is in the back of your imagination that you haven't even told anybody. What do you really, really want? And bring that to the forefront. Be thinking about it, journaling about it, and then noticing, really starting with awareness 
I'm getting goosebumps. I feel like somebody really needs to hear this. So this is really fun. Um, getting into that place of thinking about it, feeling into it, visualizing it, and then noticing how is your body reacting to this idea? How is your mind reacting to this idea? Are you getting your heart racing a little bit? Are you getting tension on your shoulders? Is your forehead getting a little sore because it's thinking of, I don't know how to do any of this. What's going to happen? And then with the way that you begin thinking about it is, oh, oh, I don't have enough resources or I don't have enough um, time to get this done. Or maybe uh, maybe I'm not attractive enough to be out in public doing what I want to do. All those limitations will start popping to the top, just like little bubbles, like, and they will give us these beautiful clues. Okay. So perhaps you have a limiting belief about being visible. If you're afraid of being out in public talking about this, maybe you have a fear of being rejected by your friends or your family. If you get out there in the world and start talking about your favorite thing to talk about, which might be weird to other people, or maybe there's a, I don't deserve to be as happy as this would make me if I got here. And what you'll notice as you do these kinds of activities is that the way that you're dealing with your vision and your money is the way that you're dealing with lots of things in your life. Your relationships might just be kind of pretty good, not really great, 10 out of 10. Um, your relationship with, you know, your friends, you might have some, some good friends, but not great friends. You might not be giving yourself permission in many areas of your life to be as great as you possibly can and to have it, your life be as great as it possibly can be. It's amazing how, especially women, um, and I, in my line of work, see it a lot when it comes to money, do put themselves second and don't even question that. And those things you just sort of said, just, you know, my mind was going a million miles. Now we're listening to you um, because it, it does, I think anyone, any woman is listening going, yeah, I, I have a great life, but it's, I have a good life. It's not great. I have good, good relationships. Are they great? Is my money great? Is it at that 100% sort of point? And that worthiness Am I worthy? Can I be seen? Am I, you know, those kind of things. And being mindful of feeling it in your body, that was a brilliant answer because it's there's so much there. And you're right, you probably got chills because somebody does need to hear that. I was listening going, I need to hear this. I need to be reminded of this all of the time. Um, so when we start going through that process of going, what do I really want? And being really, really, really honest. And it's hard to do. It's actually quite, quite confronting to be open about what you really want, especially if no one's ever asked you. When we're children, we're often asked not to take too much. You know, if we we're eating dinner, you know, make sure everyone else has some before us. Women have this sort of subconscious behavior. We're all the ones that first stand up to clear up. We're the first to give the food to the children. You know, we can't take enough for ourselves. And that comes down to our time, our money, our careers. You know, I have, I feel guilty about, you know what, I want to go and catch up with a girlfriend. I've got a two-year-old. She'd have to ask my husband. Now, why do I have to ask? Now, he always says, you don't have to ask. It's like, but it's embedded in me, right? So this is where, you know, it is a motherfucker of all things, but it's actually something that we, if we are aware of, can actually shift. 
So let's talk about shifting this stuff. Yes, let's talk about that. So there are many ways that you can approach this, right? There are many things that you can do on your own. You can hire a beautiful coach. You can hire a wonderful hypnotist. You can have partners to do this, right? And if you want to start somewhere on your own, just really start paying attention to the way you're talking to yourself and where you're limiting yourself, like we were just discussing. And then notice, if I could replace this thought with a thought that would bring me closer to my goal, what would it be? Because all of our belief systems are built on one singular thought at a time. So if thinking, I never have enough time is not working for you, what could you replace that idea with? And maybe it is, I always have enough time for the things that are really important to me. And you start saying that to yourself. And then you start paying attention to how you're using your time and that you're letting yourself be really focused. When you're at work, you're really focused so that when you go home to your family, you can be really present with them and not thinking, I didn't get all my work done. Because then you just go back to your work and you think, oh, last night wasn't so great with my kids because I was so distracted about work. So coming back to being where you are, being present, and then maybe you'll notice that you can have a different relationship with time and you'll have enough time to do the thing that you want to do, create the painting that you want to have, take the class, um, have the baby, you know, whatever it is that you think you can't do because you don't have enough time. I'm using that as an example, even though you can fill in money, you can fill in love, you can fill in many different things into that equation. I feel like you're talking to me for this week because guess what? My mantra has been all week. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time because we're leading up to Christmas and I go straight into this space of I'm running out of time. The year's nearly over. Oh my God. And it's again, where's that coming from? Because I can create that time. I can, and I can change my language and time is actually like, it is another form of currency, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Time and money is so correlated. It's important that we actually get those two things right in our lives, especially as women. Yes. They're the number two top, the number one and two top limiting beliefs of of anybody in the whole world. I don't have enough time or I don't have enough money. And when you change the way you think about those things, this is one of my favorite quotes from Dr. Wayne Dyer. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So when you start to change the way you think about time and the way you think about money and you are present in your life in this present moment, rather than letting the waves of emotions from the past come in, when you're building that awareness, you're present here. Do I have enough here? Do I have enough time? If I wanted to work for the next 20 minutes and take care of this, knock this off my list, that I don't have to go back to my family and be thinking about it and have that interrupt all this beautiful time that I actually get with them, with me being distracted. And if I start looking at my life and see everything that I have, I might feel more grateful and I might feel more excited about life. And then what can happen when I'm in a different energy different vibration and I can actually see opportunities because my head's not clogged with all these judgments about the way I believe life is. And that's simply all they are. They're just judgments that we put upon ourselves. Yes. Yes. Judgments are rooted in fear and judgments clog up everything. We are creative beings, women, especially we're the creators. We can create something out of 
seemingly nothing, right? We can, uh, not just with our bodies, but you know, dinner appears on a plate. Businesses appear out of nothing, right? And ideas appear out of thin air and become something tangible. We can create. So what we decide if we, if we can do this, be a creator, if we can trust in ourselves to do that, we can create time. We can create success. We can create joy. We can create happiness, energy, the excitement for life that we want. 100%. And that gets me so excited. That's what I love about this work is that actually we are the creators. Money is just another form yes. of creation. I had a client the other day who constantly um, uses the language that money is admin. So she has a really negative connection with, um, sure, with sure. money and she loves to garden. And I'm like, you're a creator. You're, she's also a writer. And it's like, you really, we need to work on this to, to get you on the same alignment you have with your gardening and your um, writing with money because it's actually a creative thing. We create it, we bring it into our lives and then we use yes. it to make our lives better and amazing. So it's, it is quite amazing what we tell ourselves. Language is a very big um, you know, factor to this and also gives us a lot of key, you know, cues and um, clues to what's, what, where our limiting beliefs are as well. So quick question, well, not a quick question, I should say. Um, another question, how does hip, being hypnotized or hypnotherapy or hip, you know, being a hypnotist actually play in this role of changing someone's uh, mindset? All right. So we were talking about this before we went live, and that is that we are we're living our lives right now in the past mostly. We're living our lives built on experiences before right now. Most of our limiting beliefs have been created in our lives when we were zero to three or zero to eight years old. We just keep recreating the same ones to make ourselves feel right about those limiting beliefs. So what I do in using hypnosis is I help people to go back and actually heal and create acceptance and release judgment, acceptance and forgiveness around experiences, traumas, things like that, that they've had in their past that have created these limiting beliefs. And what we do in this beautiful state of hypnosis, which is just a sister to meditation, very similar feeling, is to talk about that experience in that concentrated focus state of hypnosis. And what happens is the, all those physical responses that happen in the body that I was talking about earlier, they calm down. So that fluttering heart, that tension, the racing thoughts, all of that calms down when we're able to heal these past experiences. And what happens is that breaks the connection between that experience and our physical, emotional, and behavioral response. And the reason that's so important is because we're running off of old files. We're running off of our old stories. So if I have an experience in the past that is, I'll call it, for lack of a better word, unhealed, and it still has all of that emotion in it, and I have to access that file because my ego says, go use that file to create your responses for right now because the feelings, the circumstances are, this are similar. Then I'm going to start bringing that anxiety, that fear, that heart racing, racing thoughts, all of that into the present moment. But when those experiences are traumatic moments from our past are healed and they have 
peace and acceptance and confidence in them, that's what we bring into the present moment. And then we get to really be here in the present moment and make decisions from here rather than trying to make decisions with that tidal wave of emotion coming in from the past, which is what most of us are doing really all the time. Well, really, I mean, think about anxiety. Isn't that really what that is, isn't it? Like we're creating, when we are anxious and I'm one who can um, share this because I've actually had hypnotherapy, I've been hypnotized to deal and uh, with my anxiety and it has absolutely worked. Um, And looking back at some of the, um, like almost I've had panic attacks as well. And you look back at those uh, experiences and how your body actually physically reacts to just thought. And those thoughts are simply things that are the what ifs based on what stuff that's happened, past and fear. And it's actually Mm -hmm. we're anticipating and creating something that doesn't exist. Right. Being on guard to something that might happen. Yeah. And that can be completely debilitating for people. I know for myself it was. Mm-hmm. and how that affects your life. You could be just stuck in a space of fear. Now, fear is actually a survival mechanism, isn't it? At the end of the day, we've yes. got to look back to why we have fear. What actually does that do to our bodies? We've got these hormones and chemicals that actually surge through our bodies to keep us in a fight and flight mode, but we're not being attacked by bears or um, another tribe anymore. We've just inherited all of that, right? Yes, yep. Yep, absolutely. It's in our cells. It's in our DNA to be afraid of those things. And we can actually rewrite and recreate new pathways for the ways that we deal with fear or the ways that we respond to fear. We can actually begin to respond instead of react. We can actually allow ourselves to be in the present moment and say, that thing that I'm actually worried about doesn't exist and talk myself through it, there's a little bit of management that can happen with anxiety. And also what I've shared with many, many clients and what you have experienced yourself, so you can actually dissolve it completely. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely an incredible tool to use. Um, I refer my clients to find a good hypnotherapist or hypnotist um, during the process of money mindset coaching especially when I can see that there's some really deep-seated trauma and blocks that I can't fix. Like there's, I can only go so, so far to um, understand these triggers, like through questioning and conversation and watch being mindful and watching their body language and giving them tools that are very practical. But this actually goes deeper. This is sort of like you're going under the hood into the mind. Yeah. And you're then reframing that. And yep. through uh, hypnosis, which is an incredible thing and something that we shouldn't be afraid of because we are often, it's just the, you know, you're basically getting somebody into a certain uh, brain wavelength sort of uh, in terms of it's so that they are going to be, correct me, I'm not the hypnotist here, but this is my understanding, so that they can be suggestible. You can suggest yes. to them. So can you explain how that all works? Yeah, absolutely. And what's important for everyone to know about hypnosis is that you create it for yourself. Your hypnotist is the guide. I can't make someone do anything. I don't have a desire to, first of all. And second of all, I can't, I can't say, 
relax your mind. I can guide you through it, but you allow the relaxation. You allow yourself to focus. And then part of, you know, there's a little bit of um, sometimes some things about hypnosis that you're not actually asleep because your eyes are closed. You're just, you just have your eyes closed to shut off all the stimuli around you so you can focus inward. And you're, you're not asleep. You're very aware of what is happening. You could hear the smoke detector in your house if it went off, things like that. But you're focused so inward that it allows you to have a much deeper concentration to find those experiences, to create the imagery that you need to connect to your vision, whatever, whichever direction you're working on that day. And it's so swift because you are in your subconscious mind, because your eyes are closed and you're working inward. It is so much faster than trying to do it from your conscious mind. We've all tried to justify things, forgive things, um, rationalize things from our conscious mind. But the subconscious mind, if we're not activating that in some way through hypnosis, meditation, I know there are other ways to do it as well, even EFT and emotional freedom technique tapping, that when you do that, it's like this beautiful extra layer of healing that you don't have to keep fighting against these old patterns. And that is the beautiful thing. That's the key. I love that um, that you state that, that we don't have to keep fighting because many of us, when we start to recognize what the, the what's really going on, we don't want it anymore, right? The first part of it is awareness when we want change. And then it's how do I get from here to here? And often we don't have the tools. So we fight and we're right. trying to just trying to do it with our own will and we're trying to brainwash ourselves with positive affirmations. Affirmations, don't get me wrong, hand work. But this is actually a really incredible tool, very powerful tool that can get you to a place where you are actually no longer fighting for change, that you're actually embodying that change. And yeah. then you actually are free of whatever that trauma is, whatever that physical um, and emotional and mental um, stuff that you've been holding on to. And I say physical because that's what anxiety does. It actually physically affects you. But I know also um, hypnosis can help with so many other areas apart from, you know, us, I mean, me being biased, I want to say it helps you with your money mindset and it can help you with yeah. your relationships and it can help you with, you know, your anxiety and your sense of self-worth and your yes. confidence but it can also help with addiction. It can help with all sorts of other areas that it can stop us in our tracks from being our best selves, bringing it back to exactly what you said in the beginning of this podcast. Right. Living our best life. Yes. And even those things that you mentioned, you know, the, the next level that you mentioned of even addiction, all of that is related to our traumas. Mm -hmm. all, this, all that's related to the pain that we've had in our lives. And not being heard, not being validated, having thoughts and memories in our mind that we feel like we need to escape from, not feeling worthy and feeling like we need to hide from that or just try to push through by using these other mechanisms instead of actually healing it. Yeah. And it's, it's really so powerful to know that your mind is designed to heal. Your brain is designed to heal. You're designed for healing. You're a resilient being. And being able to 
first of all, even just have hope that there's an option out there, that there are ways of doing it is so powerful. And then to honor and honor yourself enough to go for and, and find options, start with the things you can do with yourself for yourself and let yourself feel your feelings. You mentioned, this was really important, Amy, that you mentioned, um, affirmations, like sometimes we'll just turn on our affirmations and we'll make ourselves feel better. Right. But often what our body is doing is craving actually feeling the full feeling and just listening to an affirmation. While I believe affirmations are very powerful too. They, if you're not allowing yourself to feel your feelings, to honor where you've been, to get into a state of acceptance with what has been, the affirmation is like a band-aid or it's even helping you to bypass allowing yourself to feel. And then it's like a, a child that wants attention. It just keeps getting louder and stronger. The limits get stronger. The anxiety gets stronger. The distrust or whatever is happening in your relationship gets worse. But when you begin to let yourself feel and get comfortable with feeling, then everything gets easier. Your partnership with fear gets easier. And you don't have to talk to fear as often because it's been validated. It's been worked through and everything just becomes so much easier. It's been validated. I love that because we have been told the stories of the best way to manifest is feel positive, think positive, high vibration. You got to match that vibration with what you want to bring in. And yes, that's actually, there's truth to that actually a hundred percent true, but there's a part of that that you first got to do, which is clear the sh shit, excuse my language, but clear the <laughs> shit out first. You can't bring yes. in stuff that's positive when you're full with actual trauma and negative stuff. So it's really important yeah. that we acknowledge that, validate it, give it a voice yes. and acknowledge, you know, and, and feel it. And uh, this is something I had to work through. And this, anyone who um, is a coach who hears this, you would all agree. We all kind of, co the coaching process is never ending when you start. It's actually just like going to the gym. You don't go to the gym once to flex a muscle and that's it. You've got the hot body. It's you work at it all the time. And for years yeah. I was doing a lot of the high vibration stuff and suppressing huge amounts of emotions that I was not prepared to look at fears right. and that's why my anxiety got out of control that's why then I'd have these bits of anger and frustration and tears especially when you know my cycle would come around it would be horrendous why was it all bubbling up now it's all bubbling up now because I never dealt with it it's like a volcano right. it's gonna come up it's gonna come right. out right yeah and we don't even think about uh honoring our feelings or uh, dealing with our pain until we need to, right? Healing doesn't happen from comfort. It waits until we're really, really uncomfortable, right? We wait until we're really, really uncomfortable. And then we think, oh, now I've got to deal with my shit. Now I've got to actually do something with this. I didn't need to before, but now I got a plan and all this gunk is in my path. So I need to clear it. And it, look, it doesn't have to get to that point. And this is why I love doing these podcasts for those who are sort of going, oh, wow, I really want to improve my life. I want to, I want what Rebecca was talking about in the beginning of that podcast. I want to have the hundred percent life, the, the best, not the good, the best. So you can by, you know, listening to you and what you're saying is listen to our fears, mm -hmm. find the messages, like tap into that. 
and then we can deal. We don't have to wait for an actual catastrophe or have a, a massive meltdown like the experience that I had and went, what the fuck was that about? And then realized that, and then I had to do all this work, you know, and I absolutely, um, I, you know, wouldn't have you on if I wasn't all for hypno, hypnotherapy or hypnosis. So it's all, you know, same, same, but different. Um, right. but it's, it's so important that we be in tune. And to be honest with you, I use hypnosis now. I, I have, you know, recordings from my hypnotist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also go and see her, even though I haven't got, uh, trigger events happening all the time and I'm dealing with stuff, it's nice to just reinforce and remind yes. my body and myself. So do you do that as well? Do you sort of, you have clients that come in and still just go, you know, I just sort of want to tune up, so to speak. Absolutely. Yes. We, I like to call it a boost, but yeah. So, and some of them, even once we've completed a program, they'll stay on where we do like a session a month for you know, a year or two years or whatever, just to stay and to stay in the work, to stay aware, to stay calibrated to our desire. So a lot of the people, like 97 or more percent of people I work with are female entrepreneurs and they need to, we need to as female entrepreneurs and any entrepreneur, honestly, anyone who is a human with a vision needs to stay connected to the vision and connected to the reason why, and then connected to calibrating to that vision as well. So as a coach and a hypnotist and mentor, what I do is hold that frequency, hold that vision, hold that belief that it's possible. And then we get to come back and calibrate every month. And, you know, as an example, and stay with the vision and let the vision expand because I don't know about you, but I'm living a life that I didn't even imagine was possible. I imagined this far, but the imagination that I had and got after that is beyond my, it was beyond my imagination's imagination as a child. Couldn't even think of having this life in my twenties. And now I'm already getting excited for the next level of imagination that's coming through and the next level visions that are coming through now that I'm 47 years old. It's incredible when we actually do this work, um, how we, when you actually unlock a lot of the stuff, it opens that space for new and more. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. so anyone who actually wants to dream big, you can, there's things stopping you. And it's all very possible. I was talking to a colleague of mine and she's much younger than me. She's actually 24. Like I could be her mom. Um, and she's like, I couldn't even fathom that idea of money. And I'm like, stop right there. Of course you can. Like, just listen to your language. Don't think that way. We're going to get you to that point where you go, of course, that's going to happen. Yes, that's going to happen. I'm I'm entitled to that. I'm entitled to the best, the best life I've ever wanted to live. And we're all, we are all entitled to that. And we've all got that opportunity right at our fingertips. Yes. Absolutely. And I want to, I would love to just acknowledge that the discomfort of staying where you are, I promise you, will outweigh the discomfort of healing. A hundred percent. I a hundred agree with you. Like I am also a testament of this work. So looking at my life and I go, Jesus, it's, we had a few hiccups yesterday and I said to my husband, how amazing is our life? I mean, really, what are we complaining about? Like, this is amazing where we live the people where we we have in our lives our children 
I mean, we live in right across the road from the biggest park in Sydney, like City Park, like Centennial Park, and we're up the road from Bondi Beach. I mean, hello, it's freaking amazing. And did I did I fathom that I would have this when I was in my 20s? Uh, no, no, I couldn't imagine what that would look like or feel like. And here I am. And the pain of being stuck is awful. I was stuck yes. when I was a single mum with three boys years ago when I started this business and remembering feeling oh my God, how am I going to get this rent paid? You know, and right. it's a completely different world now. And it's very mm-hmm. possible we can all do that. Yes. Quick, while we're on the topic, that's breakthrough, you know, tell me some breakthroughs. Tell me some of your favorite situations where you've seen people thrive. You don't need to name names or anything, just a bit of their story. Oh my gosh, there are so many. Um, I have this beautiful client who had this limiting belief that she had to work so hard for every single thing that she got. She really grew up in a household where there wasn't even, there wasn't enough food most of the time. And so there were no luxury items and there wasn't enough money, of course. And so she just thought that she had to work so hard for everything that she had to take care of everything. She had to work so hard. And the only way anything good would come to her was if she worked herself to the bone to, to get it and working through with a limiting belief around that and allowing herself to let it be easy. Not, not just like the things are just going to be like everything in my life is going to be so easy and simple and it's perfect, but letting it be easier because she's not thinking so harshly about it and putting herself down. Oh, work harder, work harder, keep pushing, keep pushing that when she release that limiting belief, at least some layers of it, right? Because I feel like there can be a little bit of a thread there that shows up at a, at the next level too. But learning how to work with that allowed her to get a contract with a major movie producer, a major TV producer to produce her show that she created. And she got a check as an advance and she was like, but I haven't done anything. Yeah, because you don't have to work so hard for everything. That was just your belief. Sometimes getting money, even like really big multi five-figure checks, almost 100K check, it actually was just a gift to her for the idea. I just want to reconfirm. Did you just say it was a gift just to because it was the idea? It was, it was payment for her idea. So yeah. I use the word gift, but of course yes. she, it wasn't an official gift. It was, she earned it through the company, but it was something that she got to see as a gift because she didn't have to work so hard for it. It just, money started coming to her and has still come to her easily without having to work so hard. Now she chooses her projects rather than thinking, I have to push, I have to create, I have to do things that I don't want to do in order to take care of myself and my family. That is such a beautiful story and actually a perfect one to share because many of us have that limiting belief that we have to work super hard to be to justify the reward of income. Yeah. And it's it's a crazy concept because a society has created this, right? Society in this world and the the movement of money, but actually if we look back in history what what money really is actually it's abundance in terms it's more than just physical coins and physical dollars 
it's, you know, I find, I say money is simply energy. It is mm-hmm. just like everything else. We understand neuroscience and we understand the way the brain works, that we basically create the world that we are in. We're really just creating our finances as well. Absolutely. And we, that, that is just simply a lie that you have to work really hard, you know. Yes. It's like, well, hang on, there's another connection there is if I work really hard, then I'm worthy. Right. It's also really warped. You're worthy regardless of whether you work really hard. You're worthy. You are worthy because you're amazing. You're an amazing, infinite being. Yes. You said something really important that I, with that, and you even, you said, um, our income doesn't have to be our reward. And in fact, our wealth doesn't have to be a reward. Wealth is your birthright. It's not a reward. You are, you just said you're an infinite abundant being. You don't even have to justify. And many people, many people justify their worthiness with their productivity. Many people justify their worthiness, worthiness with how much they can help or how much they know or their knowledge, their intellect. If I know the most, then I'm the most worthy. We find all sorts of ways to justify our worthiness, to justify our abundance, to justify and we don't have to because the justification is that we exist. We're infinite beings connected to a limitless universe. And in a limitless universe, you can never ask for too much. It is so true. And I guess, I mean, we're, we're coming close to time to wrap up because, but I just go, that is just so amazing. It's a perfect circle to what we started with to where we're, we're kind of finishing uh, in terms of we're stuck most of the time in believing that, what you just said, that was profound, um, as we are limitless and we are connected to a limitless um, universe and we can have whatever we want, but we have been programmed to think that we don't deserve it or that, you know, we're going to run out. I mean, that's another fear that I see as an advisor is like, am I going to have enough money to retire with? Am I going to have enough and I'm like, oh my God, if I could convert all of my financial planning clients to money coaching clients, this would just be so much easier, you know, right. <laughs> not all of them do the money coaching stuff. And I'm trying to like bring it all into one thing. It's not I, I right. do as easy as you think. But anyway, we, we all have this um, ability. So what we've got to do is exactly what you've been sharing this wisdom that you've shared today, Rebecca, is to be aware of the fear listen to our bodies, listen to these little clues and start working and dealing with it. You've actually given us a lot, you know, go back and have a listen to it again. You've given some really practical tips to um, actually how to deal with it just on an everyday-to-day basis as well as going and seeking someone like yourself that can actually do a more of a sort of shift, bigger shift and unblock this stuff on a subconscious level. So... How are people able to find you? I'm going to put some stuff in the, the show notes as well, but if you don't mind just sharing about how people find you, do you work remotely as well? I do. Since 2018, I only do Zoom, so I work with everybody on the uh, all over the planet. I have clients now, which is really fun. So you can find me, RebeccaWiener.com, HealWithHypnosis.com, and uh, you can join my Facebook group, Inner Circle with Rebecca. Dot com and I'd love to connect with you there. You can find all the ways to connect with me. Excellent. Well, I'll put all of those in there as well. I can't wait to, the, to 
to get this published. This is amazing. Um, I'd love to have you back. This We could just keep talking, honestly. I yes, would be please. About <laughs> this forever. And anyone who knows me um, knows this is my absolute passion. Um, yes. So thank you so That's much evident. for your time today. Oh, thank you, Amy. Oh, no, it's a pleasure. It's been great. And thank you for meeting me after your hours because you're on the other side of the world. Um, <laughs> Happy and to. And we'll, we'll, we'll have you back definitely. So if you do like this, please share it with people you think would get a benefit out of it. Um, please do a review. Please like. Um, send us the love. And don't hesitate to reach out to either Rebecca or myself if you have any questions about what we're talking today. Yes, thank you yes. so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening today. Before you go, I want to remind you that everything discussed is general in nature. We are unaware of your personal circumstances, so the information we have discussed may not be right for you. It is important to consider your personal situation and seek financial advice from a licensed advisor. Amy Baker is an authorised representative of Lifestyle Asset Management Propriety Limited, Australian Financial Service Licence 288241. Recap Advice is a trading name of Recap Enterprises Propriety Limited, ABN 226078542400, a corporate authorization authorized representative of Lifestyle Asset Management, AFSL 288241. I would also like to acknowledge the Bidigal and Gadigal people who are the traditional custodians of this land. I would like to pay respects to the elders, both past and present, of the Bidigal and Gadigal nations and extend that respect to other Aboriginal pe people. Thank you for listening and don't forget to share the love by sharing this podcast. Have a wonderful day wherever you are.